Greetings, Internet listeners. This is Mr. Announcer with The Complacence Podcast. The Complacence originally aired from September 1995 to June 1996, live on WNUR-FM, Evanston, Illinois. Here comes Episode 7 of The Complacence. This is the Thanksgiving episode, with Fig and Fred going to visit their families, Johnny and Gunner going to visit members of the service industry, and Adrian Creamsicle and Agnew Arduros going to visit uh, other members of the service industry. The next voice you hear is coming to you from November 18th, 1995. Last week in the ER... Well, I can't really tell, Doctor. Why don't we take a vote in here? Everyone who thinks this is a man's body, raise your hand. Uh Uh-huh, everyone who thinks this is a woman's body, raise your hand. Can't we just take the chicken suit off? There's no time. We'd have to get a veterinarian over here from the animal hospital, or else medevac this person over there. And we don't even know how we don't even know if this chicken has health insurance. Besides, I just paid my malpractice insurance bill. Oh well, I just hope we're right. Who knows what could happen if we sewed this head onto the wrong body? fans may know Fig as a laid-back, happy-go-lucky Californian, but before he moved west to find himself, he was just another small-town East Coast boy with big dreams in the depressed working-class suburb of North Chesterton. This Thanksgiving, Fig returns to his humble roots and learns a valuable lesson from a homeless man. Geez, I've been waiting at this airport terminal for over three hours. I wonder where Mom and Dad are. I guess I'll check out this gift shop. Maybe they have some astronaut ice cream. Fig, is that you behind all that hair? Mom, Dad, what took you guys so long? I got a call right as we were leaving. Seems a couple of guys from the Redfield football team decided to celebrate their Thanksgiving Day victory by torching the elementary school playground. Again? Boy, this volunteer fireman stuff is sure going to be the death of you, Pops. <laughs> oh, nah, this old ticker's still got a few good years left, and I can still down more shots of Jägermeister than your cousin Jake. Are you and Jake planning on having another one of those inane drinking contests? And right before his big wrestling invitational? Hey, it's a Thanksgiving tradition. 
And you know, without my excessive drinking, we never would have met. Oh no, here we go again. If I hear that story about your junior high Sadie Hawkins dance one more time... Please, honey, uh, no one needs to hear that one again. And while we're yapping away, that poor bird in the oven is being burnt to a crisp. If we don't get home soon, we're going to have to use it for a doorstop shake like a burnt turkey. One communal tryptophan and Jägermeister stupor later... Say, Fig, would you mind helping out the Fireman's Carnival this Saturday? Sure thing, big guy. What's the charity this year? We're raising money to buy tackling dummies for the six- to eight-year-old peewee football team. You know, there's nothing I like better than helping kids. What do you need help with? Oh, just a little, uh, volunteer work. Several lime rickies and fried dough pizzas later. Wow, this is even better than last year's carnival. The Airbrush Boost tank tops are top-notch. And they really waxed up this giant slide. But wasn't there some volunteer work you needed me to help with, Dad? Uh, yeah, we're just about done setting up. Could you change into this pink wetsuit in the portalette? One painful zipper-related incident later. Boy, I sure look goofy in this getup. I wonder what it's for. Maybe they'll shoot me out of a cannon. Fig, Fig, oh, there you are. You've got to get going. They're waiting for you. Who's waiting for me? Where did Dad go? Hold your horses, honey. Now, whatever happens, I just want you to remember that your father and I love you very much, and we're very supportive of your lifestyle choices. Well, I know you don't like our music very much, but you always encouraged me to follow my dreams of being in a rock and roll band. Oh, honey... That's not what I... We'll talk later. Now, you just go back around the scrambler and climb up those metal stairs. Your father will explain the rest. Okay, Mom. See you later. Uh, gee, this is so strange. Ah, here are the steps. Hello. What's this contraption? I guess I'll sit in this odd little seat. Ladies and gentlemen, step right up and dunk the California queer. A dunking booth? That's right. For just one dollar, you get a chance to send my homosexual son to a watery grave. Can I soak the freak, Mommy? Hey, I'm not gay. Not that there's anything wrong with... Clang! Sploosh! Yipes! That's sort of cold! Hey, you're not supposed to run up and hit the target with your hands, even if you are a little kid. That wasn't the little boy, Fig. It was your old cross-country coach. There's no ladder out of here! Use your arms, pansy! Lengthen your stride! Let me have a shot at him. Let's see who has not sin cast the first ball. Peace, pass. Calm down, folks. You'll all get a turn. Ouch! That baseball hit me in the windpipe. Isn't there supposed to be a cage protecting me? Uh, Shut up, Flamer! Hey, why are these drunken factory workers urinating in the dunk tank? Stay out of the military. Clang! General failure! I've lost all feeling from the waist down. Come on, big guy. Just hold out a couple more hours. This tank has already raised more money than last year's entire carnival. Everyone wants a piece of the action. Here's my last dollar. This one's from the homeless, Fudge Packer. Come on in out of the cold. It's so good to see you. Tom, Patrick, Fred's here. We were just about to sit down and eat dinner. Can I take your coat? You look like you could use some good home cooking. Where are you? Your other son is here. Turn off that football game and get into the dining room. Can't this wait a minute? The Lions have first and goal at the eight. No, it can't wait a minute. We're all ready to eat. Oh, all right. I'm coming. Oh, isn't this nice? We have both the boys here sitting in their old seats again. When's the last time this happened? Last year, Mom. 
It must have been a whole 12 months. Besides, I'm sitting in Patrick's old seat, Mrs. James. Oh, all right, all right, I'm here. Let's get this over with. Okay, let's go around the room and say what we're thankful for this year. Why don't you start, Patrick? I'm thankful, I'm thankful that we got promoted to president of the new products division at Consolidated Limited Incorporated. I'm thankful that I closed on the new house in Bel Air. But most of all, I'm thankful that I have a great woman like Eleanor to share it all with. And I'm thankful that I have a great guy like Patrick to share it all with. Well, I'm thankful that the entire James family could all be here together to share this special holiday. Tom, what about you? Tom, where did he go? Oops, I thought you were going to take longer. I'm thankful that the Vikings just went up 17-3 to with four minutes left in the third quarter, and I took them with the six points. Tom, never mind. I'll talk to you later. Fred, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful I could be here today with everyone, except maybe those two. Uh, and I'm thankful I'm doing well in school and I've made some good friends. That's nice. Well, everyone dig in. I'll have to dig into this gravy. It's so thick and rich. Did you make those peas with the pearl onions this year, Mom? Of course I did. I know that's your favorite. Now, Fred, what's all this about doing well in school? I went back to school to get my master's degree. In radio, TV, film? No, something else. See, I told you you'd never be able to get a job with a radio, TV, film degree. Hey, I could get a job anytime I wanted. Then how come you lived at home for 14 years after you graduated? I was getting so many great jobs, it was too hard to choose between them. So that's why you were working at the Orange Julius stand at the mall. I was writing a screenplay, and they stole it and turned it into mall rats. Uh, Tom, dear, could you pass the cranberry sauce? Uh, at least you finally got out of the house, pal. Right, Dad. So, what are you majoring in now, dear? Maze theory. Oh, maze theory? Is that some kind of math? Uh, there's math involved. Is that where you try to figure out which dollar amount the Plinko chips are going to go into? I remember you used to do that every morning. No, M-A-Z-E theory. You know, you go around with the pencil until you get to the end. Maze theory? What kind of job can you get with a master's degree in maze theory? Oh, there are hundreds. Have you seen all the magazines that have mazes? There's Mazes Monthly. Amazement, amazing puzzles, amazing mazes, maze-gazine. Your people call it corn, my people call it maze. U.S. News and maze report, better homes and mazes. Quiet, I think it's nice. Tell me more, Fred. Plus, a bunch of newspapers publish mazes. There's Chicago Tribune Kid News, the Miami Herald's Las Mazes in Espanol. The New York Times, all the maze that's fit to print. Shut up, just shut up. Who wants another piece of turkey? Fred, there's a piece of white meat here with your name on it. So, who are these friends you mentioned? A bunch of other people who sit around with pencils going from the beginning to the end? Or a bunch of white mice? No, my friends are a rock and roll band. In fact, I'm in the band. You're in a rock and roll band, Fred? You know, your father and I watched part of this delightful documentary the other night. What band was it about? The Beatles. They certainly seem popular. Is your band as popular as the Beatles? Mom, no one's as popular as the Beatles. Well, I don't know about that. They can't be more popular than some of those religious leaders. Fred, what's the name of your band? The Complacents. Oh, I've heard of that band. You have? Well, sure, I saw them on TV. Well, I don't think we've been on TV. What, what channel? Channel 64. Your band was on the TV Food Network? What were you doing? Boiling water? Do you mean cable channel 64 or over-the-air channel 64? 
What's the difference again? Uh, what did the glowing red numbers in the little box on top of the TV say? Oh, eight, I think. Uh, okay, so you think you saw us on channel 64. Uh, what's on channel 64? Oh, wait a minute. Was this on a Sunday night? Let's see. I was folding the laundry while I was watching, so it was. Yes, I think it was a Sunday night. Wasn't it, Tom? Oh, well, at least he was there for five minutes. Uh, Mom, that wasn't the complacence on that show. That was another band called Taekwondo. Then why was the name of the show The Complacence or Best? It wasn't. It was Complacency's Best. Well, there was definitely some kind of musical group on that show. Uh, by the way, Mom, I was reading Billboard last week, and my last software project, Mall Maze, was at the top of the sales list. And our album was number 199 on the charts after peaking at 194. Wait a second, it's called Mall Maze? That's right. It's a CD-ROM game where you're trapped in a mall overnight, and all the inanimate objects are coming to life. I'm playing a living mannequin in the game. That was my concept. I came up with that idea at the Orange Julius stand. I even started programming it on the Atari 800XL. Well, it's ten years later. You got bored and stopped halfway through. What am I supposed to do? Ask your permission every time I pick up one of your half-finished projects and sell it to someone else? What? What other half-finished projects did you sell to someone else? I demand to know. Who's hungry for pie? Well, uh, I guess you already know about the script to Mallrats. Then there was the idea you had in second grade, where you came up with a way for a college football team to be almost undefeated. I forgot about that one. You, you sold it to Northwestern University, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. Oh, and then there was your idea for calling everyone born from 1963 to 1975 Generation X. Generation X? I wanted to call them Generation 10. How was I supposed to know? All I had was a piece of paper, and you had this balancing the budget in seven years plan. That's what the Republicans are using? That wasn't a serious plan. Oops. Anyway, you had a lot of great stuff. It's too bad you never really finished any of it. Or if you did finish it, you didn't do anything with it. Yeah, you know, it looks like every idea I've ever had has turned into a successful project. But, uh-oh, uh it wasn't my idea to form the complacents. In fact, it wasn't even really my idea to join the complacents. Maybe that means I'm dragging them down or something. Oh, I don't think so. But you should be more forceful with the rest of the band. If you have an idea for something, they should... They should do... Go with it! How would you like some whipped cream on your pie? Why don't you go and watch the football game with Dad? I was, but then the team with the blue cats on their helmets did something good, and your father started pulling the stuffing out of the couch and eating it. By the way, Fred, I found one of the old songs you wrote a few weeks ago. I thought your band might be able to use it. Oh, here's something else I forgot about. Uh, let's see, how does this one go? <clears throat> well, no one told you life was gonna be this... Patrick. What? I, I didn't do it. But I wish I had. That does it. I'm going to rush back and write the Complacent's entire next album, and it's going to go octuple platinum. That's the spirit. Well, it looks like your wife's managed to calm your father down. How? She hit him over the head with one of the fireplace tools and knocked him out. Uh, did I say rush back? What's faster than rush? <laughs> Complacence will be back in a minute. Last week on The Curtain, Curtis and his friends sat around and watched football as Dr. Patriot and Dr. Nightmare did battle in the time of King Arthur. We now join Curtis as he paints his apartment. So what do you think, Debbie? Well, I don't know if seafoam was the best choice of color. Well, it's better than orange. I guess. 
Meanwhile, in the past somewhere... Lady Guinevere, are you all right? I'm fine, Dr. Patriot, although I feel like I've suddenly been jolted through time. A knight with me can do that to a lady. Lady Guinevere, to find you in such a compromising position with this foreigner from the future. Silence, Lancelot. We've moved in time again. Impossible! Dr. Nightmare's right! Oh, no! We're We're outcasts from from the future. future! No, you're from the past. Dr. Patriot and I are still from the future. How do you know? I forgot that I'm wearing my watch that gives the year as well as the time. Well, what does the year, what does it say? What year indeed? Are they at the birth of modernity? Are they at the colonization of the new world? Oh, what a wonderful thing the history of our world is and how lucky for them to be trapped in it. Will Curtis and Debbie agree on a color scheme? Tune in next week to The Curtain when you will hear Curtis say, I hope my cookies come in the mail soon. And now, back to the complacence. Hello and welcome to Quasi Hut Pizza, where the only wrong way to eat pizza is through your tracheotomy. Oh, it's you, Mr. Angelo. Please, call me Johnny. The only people who call me Mr. Angelo are the peons I step on every chance I get. Really? Wow, me, Pimples, on a first-name basis with Johnny Angelo. Oh, is that you, Pimples? Shove off. I've got an appointment with my hairdresser. Oh, sure thing, Johnny. Wow, wait a minute. Hairdresser? Algernon? Algernon, are you back here? Yes, dear. I'm back here by the air vents. What are you doing back here by the air vent? Because it absorbs those tacky onion odors being released by that chef. Um, <clears throat> chapa, chapa. No, Algernon, what I mean is, why are you here by the air vent in the kitchen of Quonset Hut Pizza instead of in your hair salon? Oh, Johnny, it's horrible, horrible news. The government, they come and close down my salon. The government? Why? Are you being audited? No, they told me I was a non-essential employee. Algernon, what are you talking about? You don't work for the government. Oh, but I do. You see, the congresspersons come in, and I trim their ear hairs. Their ear hairs? I figured you'd be above that sort of thing. Hey, it's no small feat to make those ear hairs look distinguished. Now, Pat Pat, jump in the seat and let's have a look at this hair. What should we do today? I don't know. Just make it fast. I'm not so sure we should be back here in this kitchen. Oh, you paddle poop. What could go wrong, really? Hey, chef, I found something in my pizza. No, Gunner. You know that's uh, not my fault. Uh, Just like uh, that band-aid wasn't my fault, and neither were those scabs. No, I just mean I found some alfalfa sprouts in my pizza, and I was wondering when you changed the recipe. Sprouts? You mean like that that little guy with the jolly green giant? No, I never used none of them. Then what's this on my pizza? I don't know. It looks kind of blonde. Um, uh, Gunnar, how are you doing? That that hat, I mean, coffer. Your coffer is looking rather... yes. Uh, if it isn't Johnny's little beautician. Mm, yes, we do try, dear. But unfortunately, I'm only a hair specialist. At least that's what it says on my license anyway. So tell me, what brings you here? Finally done blowing that angst out your ass? Yeah, come out on the other side of that... <laughs> on the other side of your little pet project and say that. Now, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it there, Gunner. Before you say anything you'll regret, there's something hanging from your mouth. Huh? Oh, yeah, it's one of those little sprouts. Gosh, it's so thin. How did you spot it from all the way over there? Well, there was a comb hanging from the end of it. Oh, I hate it when that happens. Just let me pick this out. Gunner, those teeth! Huh? 
Your teeth are just rotten through. Don't you know proper oral hygiene? Hey, man, don't even go there. You've got to take better care of those teeth. You better see a dentist right away. Dennis menaced. I don't I'm need any... I'm not giving you a choice. Now I know the fellow to recommend you to. He'll do a bang-up job and have you smashing in no time. Well, since you've made such an offer... Later, having followed Algernon's directions, Gunner arrives at the dentist's office. What kind of dentist's office is this? I mean, I've never been to a dentist, but I've seen him in lots of movies. And the only one that looked like this was the one that the Joker goes to in Batman. And that was actually more like a plastic surgeon's. Hello there, can I help you? Oh, hi, Algernon. I came to see the dentist. But I, I am the dentist. You're the dentist? But you said you were only a hair specialist. I am a hair specialist. Don't you know that in the Middle Ages it was the barbers who were the dentists performing such rudimentary oral surgeries, pulling teeth and administering the red tablet test? It's because the teeth are just a natural extension of the hair. You see, tiny filaments of dead hair grow out of your gums and twist together, hardening into smooth enamel. It's just the same with the horns on the rhinoceros or Ed Crimley. Oh, well, that makes sense enough. All right, then. Now, Pat-Pat, hop up in the dentist's chair and let's have a look at you. Do I have to? Oh, come on now. Why do you hesitate? I'm scared. Oh, come now. Don't be silly. Well, I don't know if I am being silly. I mean, we haven't always gotten along in the past, and I've said my share of nasty things, and now, well, I'll be in a pretty vulnerable position. Now, Gunnar, I want you to put those silly notions to rest. Yes, you're right. We've had our rows now and then. But let me assure you that I'm a complete professional and will show you nothing but the prerequisite respect. Well, all right then. <clears throat> Good. Are you comfy? Lean, to, lean your head back a little. Now smile so I can see your teeth. Gunnar, you're not smiling. Aren't I? Here, let me try again. No, that's not quite it. Try harder. I'm sorry. It's just been so long. I've got an idea. Pretend you're really upset and gnash your teeth really hard. <sighs> Gunnar, that's very good. But can you part your lips while you do that? If I part my lips when I'm upset, a string of obscenities and guttural screams slip out. I try to save that for my basement tits. Hmm. Well, I'll never be able to see your teeth at this rate. Wait, I've got an idea. I'll give you some of this nitrous oxide. No thanks. I enhanced myself on the way over. Don't be silly. Now, I'll put on the bozo nose on you, and in a minute you'll be drifting off to a happier place. A Fugazi concert? Now, just breathe in and out through the nose. <laughs> you know... I don't know why I was so worried about this dentist thing. It's, it's good to let my inhibitions go. <laughs> hey, I just thought of a funny joke. How many light bulbs does it take to screw into a sock? <laughs> I'm drifting. I'm drifting. I'm raving. I'm raving. Hey, big elephant, do you want to dance? Hey, you get it? Hey, elephant, hazy elephant. Yeah, baby, yeah. Woo! Meanwhile, in the real world. Finally, it twits out like a parachute pants. Good thing he sleeps with his trap wide open. I bet he's the drooling type, too. Hey, Blindy. Um, what? Yes, what? Blindy, what are you doing here? Um, isn't this uh, the bathroom? No, what you're sitting on is a spit sink, in case you're interested. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I just I just felt all this porcelain, you know. But as long as you're here, you might as well make, but might as well make yourself useful. Could you hand me that drill? Mm, yeah. No, to the left a little. Uh, Thanks. Now it's time to do some renovations that will make Michelangelo look like Bob Vila. Yeah! The next day, back in the kitchen of Quonset Hut Pizza... Uh, so, Johnny, uh, Johnny? 
Mr. Angelo? Oh, I'm sorry. Did somebody say something? Uh, yeah, that was me, Mr. Angelo. Uh, I was just saying, uh, so how come Algernon isn't back here in the kitchen anymore? Oh, the government let him open his regular business again. Oh, uh, does that mean they resolved the budget issue? No, it just means all the Congress people have burned their ear hairs off during the heated debates. Well, he hasn't done a very good job clearing out his beauty supplies. Hey, Chef, I have a complaint about this blue Kool-Aid. No, gonna. I know. I don't even remember making any blue Kool-Aid, so, so don't complain to me that it tastes like alcohol. No, I didn't mind that. It's just that I found a comb in the pitcher. Say, Gunner, you sure are smiling awful big for someone who just found a comb in his Kool-Aid. After that Algernon fixed up my teeth so nice and pretty, I finally got a reason to smile, Johnny. But all that Kool-Aid made your new teeth all blue. I don't mind. It goes well with this all-natural dental floss Algernon gave me. See? It's blonde! Wah-ha! Gee whiz, so many different stories all wrapped up into one show. We now join Adrian Creamsicle, his head still on woman's body as a result of a tragic surgical accident, and Alanis, Adrian's lovely secretary, as they await defending themselves in light of several plagiarism suits filed against the complacents by various groups. Alanis, has Mr. Duros called yet? Maybe he has, maybe he hasn't. What's it worth to you? Now don't jerk me around here, Alanis. This is very important. So it's worth a lot. Alanis, what the hell kind of secretary are you, anyway? Not your average nightmare kind. Ring, ring, ring. All right, get the phone, Alanis. Hello? Oh, hi, how you been? Yes, isn't he awful? No, no, he's not here right now. Bye. What the? Who was that? I don't know, I didn't write it down. But I took the message. What, what, what was the message? Oh, I forgot to write that down. Too. Get out of here, woman. Go on your break. I need some time alone. To play with your new body? No, I need to make some phone... <laughs> yes, to play with my new body. Well, I've already got one that you could have used. Don't see why you had to get one yourself. How insensitive of me. Now scram. Finally, some time to make important phone calls. First there's mother. Then there's the reverend. Then all my old girlfriends from high school who became lesbians after I dated them... And then, ring, ring. Hello? Hello, is, is this Mr. Adrian Creamsicle? Ms. Adrian Creamsicle, may I help you? Oh, I, I had no idea Mr. Creamsicle was married. He's not, fella. The Ms. reference was just a subtle joke poking fun of the plight I am currently in. That you're a woman and that you have the same name as Mr. Creamsicle? No, that I am Mr. Adrian Creamsicle, but my head is attached to a strange woman's body. Oh, I, I've seen that happen before. Really? I used to work at the Quonset Hut Pizza. Our chef was always cutting off people's heads, and then the hospital would always put them back on their own bodies. Wait, kid. There are others? Oh, yes. There, there are others. What's your name, kid? My name is Blindy. I, I'm looking for a job. You know, I, I've been lost inside your studio building for three weeks now. Well, I can see you outside the window from my office. You're at the hallway payphone. Why don't you hang up? And come on in, and we'll talk about this job you want. Great. I'll be right in. Bye. Bye. Ring, 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 ring. Adrian Creamsicle, talk to me. Damn it, Creamsicle. I've been trying to get through for the past half hour. I've been getting a busy signal. Wah! Mr. Agnew Adero, sir. Creamsicle, if I own the business and I couldn't get through, 
Imagine what would happen if a customer tried to call. Alanis would let them talk uh, personally to the members of the band? No! Get a second line, you nitwit! I will do that right away, sir. Uh, have you decided on a place for us to meet and discuss these plagiarism cases yet? You were supposed to do that, creamsicle! Cheap, it's your holiday into China! I completely don't know any decent dining places at all in this city. I know a couple. Alanis, my lifesaver. Give me the names of some good ones. Well, there's the Egyptian Cabbage House on 3rd Street. Creamsicle, are you there? Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Give me another one. The Sweaty Sailor Restaurant on 87. Too far away. Creamsicle, I'm going to fire you. Manburger's Maryland on 9th, but... Sir, I've, I've heard very good things about Manburger's Maryland on 9th Street. Why don't we discuss things there? Manburger's Maryland? I could use a good burger. Sounds good, Creamsicle. Meet me there in 20 minutes so that we can discuss the lawsuits. And other matters. I'll see you there, Mr. Agnuardero, sir. I gotta get moving. If I'm late, he'll have my hide. Do you need me to come? Absolutely not. You would just make things go wrong. Can I give you some fashion advice? Sure, sure, what? It would be a lot less shocking that you have a woman's body if you didn't wear a bikini all the time. So what do you suggest? A skippy dress? How about a baggy suit? No way, I've got those. I might as well use them to get what I want like the rest of you women do. Fine. Try this spandex shirt and this miniskirt, Mr. Creamsicle. You could at least have shaved. Shaved? You mean my beard? It's the only manliness I retain. No, not your beard, your legs. You mean the hair doesn't just fall out? Not on your body. Jumping G. Hamilton, Desmond Hogg. It's time to go. I'll be late. Alanis, give me a ride. But you're a woman now. In the car, Alanis, a ride in the car. And so Adrian and Alanis zip off to 9th Street to meet Agnew R. Duros. Hey, um, this room kind of smells uh, like a man's head on a woman's body. Maybe this is it. Hello? Anybody here? Oh, well, so close. And so, Adrian and Alanis arrive at Manburger's Maryland. Mr. Creamsicle, there's something you should know about this place. Ah, criminally. It's not a shirt and a tie kind of joint, is it? No, but... Then it doesn't matter. Pick me up in a couple of hours, Alanis. Uh, bye. Hmm. Hey, this is a pretty classy joint. Oh, there's Mr. Duros. Hello, Mr. Agnuar Duros, sir. Don't hello me, Creamsicle. You're 30 seconds late. You're fired. But, but, but. Relax, Creamsicle. Just a little employer-employee humor there to keep me on a higher level of authority than you. Have a seat. Phew. Good one, sir. So, about this plagiarism stuff. It seems as though Nine Inch Wee Wee Records is suing your band for ripping off their musical ideas. Nine Inch Wee Wee? Whom do they represent? I believe it's your arch-nemesis band, Taekwon Don't. Ah! Not them again. What do they say we stole? They say the bass line from Be My Honey Baby is stolen from their spiraling eyeball. And that most of the lyrics and more than half of the guitar part for your Battle of the Network stars is stolen from there, unraveling the intestine. We don't have a song called Battle of the Network Stars. They also have accused you of stealing musical ideas from yourselves, taking the same chord progression in The Arrow of Angst and using it again in I Only Want to Be with the End of the World as You Know It. But the progression in Arrow of Angst was G, C, G, C, G, C, G, C. And the other one, it was C, G, C, G, C, G, C, G. This will never hold up in court. The lawyers from Flaming Highway Records have already settled with them out of court. What? Ten million dollars, Creamsicle. 
And that's how much your band's next album better make. Hey, waitress. Waitress! I'm sorry that the service is so slow here, sir. Hey, I just now noticed that the entire audience are middle-aged housewives. I just noticed your little outfit, Creamsicle. And that brings us our, to our second point of business. I'll have you know that given your current situation, company policy states that your salary be reduced by 75%. Are you pregnant? Um, not that I know of, sir. I... Well, let me know as soon as you are so we can reduce your salary some more. Ladies, and you two gentlemen over there, tonight's show is about to begin, so without any further ado, here's spectacular Sammy and his spicy sausage. What? What? What the? That man is taking off his clothes! Damn it, Creamsicle! We're in a male strip club! I thought this was a hamburger restaurant. Hi, I'm Gus. I'll be waiter tonight. It's about time you served us. My friend and I have been sitting here an awfully long time. Mr. Agnew Arduro, sir. I didn't recognize you without your famous gray raincoat. Bring us two of your finest man burgers, Gus. Rare as they come. Will do, sir. Hey, I can't mess. Make sure you stay to watch. Will do, Gus. Now. Mr. Agnew Arduro, sir. You've been in here before? I am the president of a major record label, after all. Attention all patrons and employees of Man Burgers Mary Lane. This is the police. This is an illegal operation and you are all under arrest. I repeat, you are all under arrest. What do you mean this is an illegal operation? Shows of naked men are illegal in this state. We've been watching this place for months. Waiting to crack down. Now we're gonna clear this place out and put in a good, clean, government-sponsored female strip club. Now that's disgusting. Now what's disgusting is you and your little transvestite friend here. What are you implying, Sheriff? I ain't implying nothing, Cream Puff. I'm just hauling your asses to the county jail. How did he know my name? And so, Agnew R. Duros and Adrian Creamsicle, along with several male strippers, are thrown into the county jail. Hey, Marvin, we got some new guys in here. Uh, gee, buddy, they look like a bunch of freaks. Hey, look, a bearded lady. A <laughs> lady where? Quit pawing me, you mutts. Over here, fellas. For crying out loud, why didn't they put me in the ladies' holding cell? I'm gonna get fondled all night. You know, Mr. Creamsicle, you do make a very attractive woman. Dare I say, beautiful. Oh, Gus, I'm beginning to have urges that I've never felt before. Oh, Adrian. Oh, Gus! Male strippers, transvestites, record execs, we get all kinds of people here in the county jail. But life is never rough because things just ain't that tough.
place isn't so bad a place to be after all. Mr. Creamsicle, there's somebody here to see you. Hello, Mr. Creamsicle. Alanis! You're my lifesaver again. Get me out of this hell pit. Actually, I came to bail out the general. The general? Why is he in jail? I believe he was arrested for murdering the Kaiser on last week's episode. But I thought that the Kaiser fell on his own spiky helmet. Well, his wife doesn't believe that. But he's got a pretty good lawyer. Well, get me and Mr. Duros out of here before I'm fired. But it looks like he's having a pretty good time. And so that's when I founded the company. Of course, me and David Bowie were pretty tight back then. Okay, so get me out of here. I don't have enough cash. Here, take this. What's all this from? Well, this guy, uh, he gave it to me after we, uh, you know. <gasps> Mr. Creamsicle, you did it! I don't care, it's not my buddy. Bail me out, bail me out! And so Alanis bails Adrian out of jail and drives him back to the studio. I tried to tell you, Mr. Creamsicle. Well, you... Say, what happened to Blindy? <laughs> Next week on The Complacents. Ah, come on, guys. We've got to use up that turkey. Who wants a sandwich? The Complacents will not air next week as they attempt to recover from all the excesses of the holiday. However, we invite you to be here in two weeks for A Very Complacent Christmas, our annual salute to the season. Join The Complacents and their guests scheduled to appear, humorist Dave Barry. I'll be decking the halls with wads of boogers on the Complacence Christmas special. Governor of North Dakota, Edward T. Schaefer. Next time you're looking for a state in which to spend Christmas, consider North Dakota. And the Unabomber. Join me for an explosively good time on a very complacent Christmas. That's a very complacent Christmas starring the Complacence. Early morning, Saturday, December 2nd at 2 o'clock. Right here on 89.3 WNUR-FM. Evanston, Chicago's sound experiment. Back now in the present, here's what's actually coming up on the next episode. Yet another homage to Charles Dickens' Immortal, and in the public domain, A Christmas Carol. Until next time, this has been the Complacence Podcast. This is Mr. Announcer speaking.